Chapter Four of Secretary Hawkins in Cuba. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Secretary Hawkins in Cuba, by Secretary Hawkins. The wheel is stolen. After a short conference in the office of Mr. Montilla. The Cuban lawyer took us to a very fine hotel, where two rooms had been prepared for us, and told us that he was going to prepare for our visit to Villa Casanova, and that we should remain at the hotel until he called for us again. The city of Havana was a very strange and interesting place to us. Dark waters took Link and me. Through the city to see the sights, and every day we found something new to interest us. The streets are very dirty, and the houses in the city are very shabby and built very close together. Some of the old streets are so narrow that only one person at a time can walk along the sidewalk. None of the houses have carpets on the floors. The floors are all made of tile. It gets so hot in Cuba in the summer time that people can hardly sleep, and the windows and the doors are very high, so that plenty of air can pass through. The houses with their high windows and doors are not very beautiful, although the people believe in putting on as much fancy work as the house will stand. Some of the fancy homes of rich people in the suburbs are very expensive, made of stone or concrete, but to me they looked like big fancy tombs or mausoleums, instead of homes of living human beings. The great harbor of Havana also interested Link and me very much, and Dak usually took us down every morning after breakfast. To watch the big steamers come in with mail and passengers, we saw steamers from all countries of the world come into the harbor. One that interested us was an old ship with a cargo of monkeys and parrots, and a few cages of wild animals. When they began to unload the vessel, it made me think of Noah's Ark. As all the animals. Were brought down the gangplank. The monkeys were tied with chains to one another, and seemed to be glad to get on land again. Link and I had lots of fun watching them. After our usual morning walk, Dak would take us back to the hotel, and give us our lessons, just the same as we had studied in school back home. And Dak was a good teacher too. He was very strict and made us mind. I think we learned more under Duckwaters in those days than we ever learned from our teacher back home in two weeks. But I suppose it was because we liked Dag so well, and so the days passed one after another, and we were growing anxious for Mister Montilla to come back and take us. To the Casanova plantation, it seemed to all us that it was taking a long time for him 
to prepare for our visit to a place that really belonged to us, or to Link, rather. But at last we get a message brought by a little black boy, telling us to come to Montilla's office in the following morning and be ready for another journey. Bright and early, the next morning we were ready and drove to Montilla's office in a taxi. As we reached the tap of steps that led to the office, the door suddenly opened and a man came out. He had his back to us as he closed the door, but when he turned, I smothered the cry of surprise that was upon my lips. It was the fine-looking, athletic fellow that I had seen on the boat talking to the red-headed man with a pointed beard. He seemed confused as he turned and saw us. His face grew red, but he smiled. Ah, oh, he said, you come to see Montilla. Yes, he is not yet come, but he will be here by and by. Thanks, said Dak Waters. The young man bowed and smiled, and then went down the steps. Who the dickens is that? asked Dak. I was about to tell Dak that I had seen this fellow before, but I decided that it was not yet time to say anything about it. And just then, another step sounded on the stairs, and up came Mr. Montilla. He smiled as he saw us, standing there waiting for him. Oh, hey, he said. You Americanos are quick. You come in a hoodie? Always on the job, Montilla, said Doc Waters, smiling. When there's any work to do, we believe in doing it as soon as we can. That is good, said Montilla, pulling his chain of keys from his pocket and inserting one in the lock. That door is not locked, said Doc Waters. You need not bother about opening it. Montilla turned a queer smile upon Doc as he said. But it is locked. I know it. I locked it myself before I go last night. All right, said Doc, and we all waited there till Montilla threw open the door. But Doc and Link and I knew that if that door had been locked, the fine-looking, athletic man that we had seen come out must have had another key for it. Come in, said Montilla, as he hung his hat upon a rack and sat by his desk. We all entered and sat down. Montilla busied himself with the papers upon his desk, and I noticed that the office seemed to be the most out-of-order place I ever saw. Everything seemed to be lying topsy-turvy. I have seen some offices of American lawyers like this, but very few indeed. Suddenly, Montilla thrust his hands into a drawer that stood open. Then he gave a quick look around the room. The next minute, he uttered a cry of alarm. I've been robbed, he exclaimed. Somebody have opened my desk. Yes, said Doc Waters slowly. 
we saw some fellow coming out as we came in. I tried to tell you that the door was unlocked, but you said you knew better. Montilla did not speak for an instant. He sat with his arms upon the desk and his face in his hands, looking at Link Lambert. Then he said, Boy, you are as poor as you were before you came here. The will that give you Villa Casanova, it have been stolen. What? roared Doug Waters, jumping out of his chair. What was that last crack of yours, Montilla? The Cuban lawyer looked pale. What I say is truth, he replied. The will, the will that the boy's mother left to give him all of Villa Casanova, it is gone. When I left, I put it here, in this drawer. It is safe there, I say to me, because the drawer, it have a lock. Now, when I come back, look, see, all the papers from my desk, they are scattered over the floor. And when I look at this drawer, see, it have been broken, and the wheel is gone. How now can this boy claim Casanova? Doug Waters looked straight into Montilla's eyes. And I could see that Doug was terribly angry. His chest heaved up and down, and his lips parted, and he breathed hard. Link and I sat with disappointment, written all over our faces. Link began to cry. He didn't understand. Montilla, said Doug in a low, steady voice. There seems to be something crooked about this. It seems that you are a very poor lawyer to take such poor care of a valuable document. And I don't see why the will was not made in duplicate and a copy of it registered. We do not the way Americanos do, answered Montilla. Cuban people, not like American people. I should say they are not broke in Doug Waters. You are just about 200 years behind us, my friend, but you won't get away with any trick stuff with me. Now, listen to me, Montilla. No matter what kind of a friend you call yourself, no matter if you and I were schoolmates together, I am going to make you play fair with this boy, whom you brought away down here into this God-forsaken country. And I'm going to stick to him and stay here till I see him get what belongs to him. You hear me? Montilla had a sulky look on his face. He made a motion with his hands and said, If you want to make arguments with me, I excuse you. Cuban people not act like Americanos. We like to be Cortez. What you say, polite. Polite the Dickens, said Doug Waters. If you call it people to allow this boy to lose a fortune that's coming to him, I don't think much of Cuban politeness. Now, what do you propose to do? Montilla did not answer for a minute or two. He sat gazing through his big black-rimmed spectacles at the paper's turned floor, and then throwing up his hands, he said, We must find out who took the paper. Of course, it may be will be hard to find that, but we will do so quietly, and perhaps we will do well. 
We must not make much excitement about it. Better that we go about it quietly. I don't care how you go about it, said Duck. But find it. That's all I have to say to you, Montilla. All right, said Montilla. I will do my best. You'll do better than that, said Doc. And if you don't find it... Montilla looked very angry. I could see that he did not like the way Doc Waters was talking to him. But I knew that Doc was doing right. And when he went over to the skinny guy and patted him on the head and told him not to cry about it, I felt as though Doc was the best and most kind-hearted man. I ever knew. We will go out to Casanova at once, Montilla, said Doc Waters. I would like first to find the document, protested the lawyer. I should think you would, said Doc. If you knew what will happen, if you don't find it, you wouldn't rest till you had it back safe in your hands again. The Cuban lawyer got up and made a motion with his hands. That meant that he had no more protests to make. We will go to Casanova, he said. End of chapter 4